0: Welcome back to Geek Life, Panamanga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always, with me is my fearless co-host, Le Brian. With great power comes a great way to pull pranks. <laughs> and with us today, we also have Neuro. Hello. And Pinku. What's up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So today, we're talking comics, comics, and more comics. We're going to indie spotlight something, uh, which you're going to have to wait and see what that is. We're also going to review an excellent little comic called Yuki versus Panda. But first, a little housekeeping. some exciting news hopefully we'll have a special guest next week and that's not totally confirmed at the time of this recording but we've been talking back and forth on email with justin over at askametalhead.com. he has a great podcast where he and his kids talk about metal shows that they've recently gone to and just metal music in general john is a comic book fan we met him at free comic book day over at waterfront comics when we were doing a live show and he just seems like a really good guy his kids are really cool and their plan is essentially go to a show, enjoy it and then come back and record talking about it. And then it's a fun show. I've listened to an episode or two. It's it's good stuff. Got some good things to say. It has a nice radio presence. So we're looking forward to having him on the podcast. Hopefully it's hopefully we can get him on here next week and talk about metal movies. <laughs> anyway, and that's it for housekeeping. This week's indie spotlight focuses in on webcomic Nameless PCs. You can find Nameless PCs at Nameless PCs. That's plural PCs dot com. This is a pretty fun comic. I found it on Twitter a little while ago, and to be completely honest, I saw the way he drew noses and was like, nope. <laughs> not gonna, no, just not happening. I'm not gonna, no. But uh, I'm so glad that I came back and gave it a second chance and started reading into it, because it's so good. Yeah, it's pretty charming. It has a lot
1: of D&D and has some reoccurring characters, and
0: yeah, uh, like it
2: that. actually has, at the very beginning, has a lot kind of in common with one of the comics on our site, Dinner and Dragons. Yeah,
0: it, it definitely went through a couple iterations, but some of the early stuff was very Dinner and Dragons-esque.
2: Yes, where it's about a bunch of people playing Dungeons and Dragons, or role-playing games in general.
0: Right, it, the one one divergent part is that Dinner and Dragons, speaking with Joe about the way that he's writing it, it's, and also having read farther ahead than anybody else has seen, because I'm the artist, haha ha, Yes. Joe, he's planning on it being more about the people and less about the games. The games, it's the games are a flavor, and the situation he uses is a catalyst and excuse for them to get together and talk and hang out. And a lot of the humor comes from that as well, but it, it's really focusing on the story of friends who grew up together and things are changing in their world and how they deal with that. And this one seemed more like just the pure just goodness of the game.
1: Yeah, there's this thread where At least they, early on. they're they're talking about like the point of use of the monsters and their monsters like well, the very first comic are like picketing and they have signs. <laughs> right. You we, know. What do we want? Hit points for hit all. Hit points for all. <laughs> when do we want it? At the beginning of next turn. Stop one hit kills. <laughs> it's so good. So a couple of those threads, I I thought was really creative and showed you know an insight of these poor abused monsters that keep getting killed. Uh, I thought that was pretty unique.
2: There there were some things that reminded me of like that old eight bit theater where they're talking about like role playing and there's like this thing where a guy's like in a bar and he's like, but if there are any chicks in there, I want to do them. There there were, there are definitely parts of this where you have a character named Yancey who is kind of a douche. Okay, not kind of. He really is a douche. But that's kind of his way of doing things. In fact, they have this really wonderful, I guess, line because I had never (laughs) thought of it where it's like, Yes, I want to shoot my magic missile into her darkness. Oh, was oh. like dark
3: cave, like, right? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, know that.
2: exactly. It's like he well, kind of was missile shaped too. Yeah, that that's
3: because <laughs> <laughs> it was like this. It just sort of came to a point from the bottom to the top of the panel where it was a forced perspective view. So it was like, oh, he's kind of missile shaped. He's already ready to go. He's doing his cantina. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I really liked how when they were doing some of the jokes about the game that the characters. They'd show the characters, the actual characters, you know, wizards and swords and all, and they'd be in the situation, ready to fight something or ready to break down a door or listening for something in the darkness. And then as things do when you're playing D&D, inevitably (laughs) it, it... Breaks down to this bickery, geeky garbage. And the characters start to do that. And then eventually it pulls back and shows people sitting around the table being like, but
3: what about that? <makes noise> yeah, and It's is well, one like, of the It's, great ex- so how it goes. it's too familiar. And, and as somebody who is, you know, very rarely plays tabletop games, but I hang around the type, it's just, <laughs> it's so, it's like, uh, like, it's like when you're somewhere and you hear a familiar, familiar sounds that remind you of formative times in your life. That's kind of what it was. Just like, I could hear just like people, my friends bickering just yeah. reading that comic.
1: One of the great examples is they're talking about like the bar maiden or whatever, and they, and they go, what about personality? And they're like, personality? She's a girl, not an NPC. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's got like a hot scale. Boob chart. It was pretty a boob much. Chart. Yeah. yeah, it was a no nice.
3: boob to boob-tacular chart. Yeah. Which
2: was meh to hottest. Yeah. <laughs> And there was another strip where they were talking about a skeleton shooting an arrow. Yes. Oh, right. And the guy's like, come on, he's a skeleton. He can't do that. And uh, I'm going to shoot it with my lightning because... What? The skeleton? No. It's like, wait, so...
0: Well, like the skeleton, he can't shoot an arrow because he doesn't have any muscles. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, That's too much of a suspension of disbelief.
3: Oh, but a wizard who shoots lightning from beneath his fingertips, that's totally fine. And then, of course, the wizard ends up, like, freaking parkouring the lightning off of who knows what the hell. And the guy's like, yeah,
2: relatable, realistic. It, well, like, basically Ugh. what happens is that the skeleton falls apart because there's no structure holding it.
0: Yeah, the DM, it, it's, it's <laughs> like, it's a classic case of... Don't bitch at the DM. They're the DM. <laughs> the dungeon master. They're going to be like, yeah, no, you're dead. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: But he was happy with the outcome because it was more realistic. Right. Everyone got what they
2: wanted. of a person who hasn't been on the podcast for a while, Chaz, because he kind of does this.
3: Oh, uh,
0: playing tabletop games with Chaz is...
3: I think we all have that
2: guy. Yeah. Yeah. Bioshock <laughs> Infinite. I just remember. Oh I can't remember God. what exactly it was, but there was something that okay. He so could not so early stand.
0: on in Bioshock Infinite, before you figure out why this is there, and trust me, it really makes sense and is very cool. But essentially, there are a couple of different kinds of technology and even some songs that are that are played that are not in alignment with when the story is supposed to take place in human history. And there's a lot of things that are, but that is not. And so I'm playing it. Chaz comes in and stands behind me as I'm playing on the computer, and he sees some some technology, and then hears this song that's some like this crazy version of like a Queen song or something. That
2: it was the Voxophone, I think, that he was just flipping out about. The
0: yeah. So Voxophone is it's like it's like a little recording device. Recording device. No, it's not a. It's it's like a movie. That you you
2: lean down and you put your head on these like goggles. No, no, you, the Voxophone is the actual device where you hear the recordings and stuff like oh, that. Oh, is that what that? What, yeah. Whatever.
0: Anyway, there was an, a device that Chaz got all uppity about. and He's like, "That doesn't exist back then." And it's like you do realize that I'm like on a flying island and I'm shooting laser beams out of my arms and stuff like it's that. Like, that is that how things fine, are going. Because there's a giant skyhook that I can leap distances. T- it's like he's like. Well, I mean, you know, you could make a flying island. I mean, you know, that would wait. It's like it's, it's like you back him into a corner, and sure enough, he's going to try and logic his it's way like out of it. like arguing that we all steampunk have that is guy. real. Well, you yeah. And
1: you can't just walk in a piece of fiction. you got to build up the setting and, and be involved with that whole thing. Because sure. it is all just bullshit if you just jump in the middle of something. Even Iron Man, you're just like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> this makes no sense at all.
2: Yeah, so one of the things about this comic that I also found really hilarious, the name of the comic Nameless PCs comes from the fact that... Players- started, the players didn't have names.
0: The player characters, PCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: but, like, the actual guys themselves. So they have, like, a whole story arc where the group gets their names. And one of them, it's like, a guy gets a portal gun. Why? Because why not? And he basically... Wait, gre-
0: in the Dungeons & Dragons? No, 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 no he oh, in real one. life. Oh, in, in real, real life. life. Nice. Yeah,
2: and so what he does is he makes a portal between, like, one of the guy's sister's beds and his. <laughs> and, like... I think the caption or what the guy was writing underneath it was like, yep, this is probably the creepiest comic we've ever done. (laughs) Um, But uh, in the next sequence you see, or in the next comic, he's kind of like all beaten and thrown in the corner. And the sister calls up one of the guys, or her brother. and He's like, I need you to pick me up. She's like, I'm at Yancey's house. He's like, Who? Yancey, you know, the guy who you play D&D with? Which guy? He's like, the jerk one? He's like, oh, that's his name? It's like, how can you not know that? You've been friends with him since childhood. So there's there's that sort of a crazy kind of joke thing going on. There is one thing also that's really interesting, and I wasn't really sure why. And then Neuro actually figured it out, which happens starting, well, this year. Almost all of it, outside of a few one-shots here and there, were about these guys playing D&D. Right. Starting in January, or in December, they did like this story arc with Yancey. He gets kicked out, and they do kind of like a Scrooge um, kind of a Christmas Carol kind of thing with him. And then after that, the art style changes, and the direction of the comic actually changes as well. It's a lot more various one-shots and personal feelings on various things.
3: Becomes more slice of life. It, yeah, it's much more yeah, slice of life. Yeah, the most recent
0: stuff. If you go to the site right now, as webcomics tend to go, you see the most recent strip. And this has gone through a lot of iterations, a lot of different story arcs, and it's really been very different. If you go back to the original stuff, like we said earlier, it's very much tabletop game jokes. And more recently, through all these arcs, it's kind of come down to specifically talking about the uh, Wesley. And yeah. his sort of slice of life
2: observations about things.
1: Yeah, it looks like he lost his writer, Matt. Yeah, that's and he's what going, happened. going under a transition and, uh, you know, just trying to probably find the new direction of the comic right now.
2: All the ones up until January were by Matt Roberts and Wesley Hall. Currently, the latest ones are all done by just Wesley Hall, which is why there is quite a bit of a change, both. Just thematically and style wise.
3: Visually, that's the that's the noses that, that...
2: Yeah, that's that's where we're getting with the noses where Good JP God, was, like, was no nope. messing with my mind.
3: <laughs> Big old monoliths.
2: Yeah, they, they really are.
3: Angular art deco
2: Well Easter Island style noses.
3: Well, it reminds me of like those embellishments on like an art deco nineteen twenties era building facade. Where you've got like these uh, heavy geometric shapes. That's what it okay, honestly yeah. reminded me no, of. was the twenties Or like the 20s architecture. I'm like, wow ah, well, it's a guy. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's like squared off and yeah. shaded. It's, it's very different.
3: Well, you know, it's really distinctive and you got to have your thing. Yeah, and, l- there is that. You and, know? you know, to me, honestly, it's just like, oh, another style. Because that's kind of what, you know, you, you look at them, you analyze them, after, uh, all drawing styles after a while. And you're just like, oh, that's this. And you, you tend not to feel sometimes. You're just like, oh, it's a style.
0: Right. I mean, as long as it's well done and consistent, it's like, hey, that's how they do it.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, don't don't be scared. It's cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it is a little jarring. I don't think I've ever in my life seen someone draw noses quite like that. And can you think of anything?
3: Uh, Posters from that time, like uh, if you look at like early WPA drawings, maybe, which is I I guess like late 30s, early 40s, you'll probably see those big kind of shapes because those shapes at the time used to mean luxury Mm. and being all rich and fancy. (laughs) Because <laughs> that was the language back then. But otherwise, like, or, or I can think of like maybe Fritz Lang's Metropolis posters kind of had that same kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Clearly not with a line style, but definitely with the forms, like those big shapes. Yeah, right, that, for sure. that's just off the top of my head, I guess.
0: Now, do you guys like the change since Matt left? In the About Us page, it says that Matt Roberts left due to time constraints. And so that's where Wesley Hall picked up the right. writing and drawing reins.
2: Yeah, in the archives, it's known like each one is set up like by their story. Yeah, arc.
0: I have to really commend commend you guys. The archives are set up really well. Yes, sometimes yeah, the archives well are just too, this right? awful list, or maybe even a drop down menu. This archive is well thought out, put into it's like put into digestible, understandable chunks of story arcs and style and time and. Easy it's to just jump really, in? really good because you can you can scroll through and find something that resonates with you by the title and the picture and be like, oh, yeah, and just jump right a little, in.
2: Like subtext, you know, little blurb about what they're. And I think that's one thing is. that people really miss
0: a lot of the time on web comics. It's frustrating to me because half the time people install a WordPress somewhere, mm-hmm. wherever they feel like they want to. They install a WordPress, which isn't too difficult, and then they install the ComicsPress plugin, and that's it. They choose one of the Comics Press themes and mm-hmm. then they're on their way and yeah there's a lot of things you can do to spruce it up and a lot of a lot of plugins you can use and it's so easy to make it at least a little bit unique and a little bit more well fleshed out but a lot of the time people just install the plugin and i'm done and they just yeah. are finished and they just continue on and it's like it's a little different you know if you're going to present something on the web form you gotta you gotta make it good you know and
3: accessible for people so that they don't they're just you know that's usually what deters me from reading new web comics is if, right. if i see you know halfway through some story arc that I don't know that I care about I'm just kind of like oh, I'll start at the beginning and if I don't really don't care after about 5 minutes I'm I'm cool
0: well, but, that's that's the hardest thing because web comics sometimes are longer than normal comics oh they are and, and and people on the web have absolutely no patience I mean
3: no you're bombarded with like a crap load of banner ads and all these other things and 50 tabs in your browser you gotta fight that if you want people to read your stuff you got to make it easy for them to get to and I understand that being somebody who makes comics is a different skill than being somebody who makes like you know a website and that kind of thing but you actually you know you should probably put some kind of thought into how what happens when people are visiting your site if you really want people to go through your content Like even, you know, just offhand, I can think, you know, if I saw a bunch of story arcs and maybe I didn't care about the beginning one, I still might jump in if I went, Hey, that title is kind of provocative. Maybe I'll look. Yeah. But without that, it's kind of like, you you know, I, at best I'll find the comic on a good day and I won't be in a nasty mood and that kind of thing. You know, (laughs) presentation
0: is really huge and it's a completely different skill set. The kind of presentation that you can do on the web. I mean, I know that, that neuro and Brian and Pinku, they all work in the web business.
3: Yeah. This is Hot Yeah,
0: exactly. And that is a huge part of making successful websites is designing them as if, you know, the person who's going to be looking at it has the attention span of a gnat.
3: Yeah, you got to lead them through some stuff. And when there's, and then the problem is if you don't have a place to lead somebody through, it's, it's much like making a comic. If you don't direct the eye in a comic, you're going to lose them. If you don't direct, you know, if you don't direct somebody's attention and give them big blinking arrows, where to go and what to do, you know, because if they want to do something else, they'll find it, you know, they'll find their way. But if they don't want to do something else and they're just there, you got to go here, here, take this, like in an art sally booth you know you shove a book in somebody's hand you're like look at this book right that's how you do it
0: you don't have a whole jillion things on your table you've got a couple things and that's it
3: yeah don't let don't let them because you know it's it's like you see a bunch of stuff you don't know what to do so you just kind of run away
1: exactly you're pushing the most expensive item or your latest item
3: (laughs) yeah exactly it's uh like i like i tell clients design clients imagine you in a room with a bunch of dudes screaming (laughs) if they're all yelling you're not going to know what the hell any of them are saying that's actually a
0: really good analogy I use it a lot. <laughs> it's amazing like, how much you have to educate people.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. You really got to know your stuff and you got to know, like, why all the damn time because they will fucking fight you. Yes. And and I find that is also true in comics and any kind of visual communication. So even if you're thinking sites and even if you only make comics, just think about the knowledge is applicable. You know, make it happen. And speaking of UI, actually, I had a problem with this website because he's using this link color, you know, to go to the first and the last comics. I didn't know what page was open at the time, and I was at the last comic and didn't realize it because his color for the deactivated link that doesn't work was the brightest color, and to me, that's usually the what you click on. So right. as a UI designer, I'm sitting there going, why isn't it working? It's not going. What, what the heck? You know, so... Yeah. And
2: also, we were using a tablet, so we don't know if there was a mouseover function or not. Yeah, could be. And I've still. actually
0: been reading it mostly on my phone, and there's just yeah. a big giant next and previous button. Yeah, exactly. And, last. and it's yeah. a
3: it's a nitpick, but I'm just saying it. Like, I am a professional UI designer, and I and it messed with me, man. I, I know that it matches like the link color in your navigation up top where it works, but like down there below the pages, it just it it messed with me. I
2: actually really liked. A lot of the early designs. Now, I haven't read through the entire thing. There's a lot of it. There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of it. Um, I think
3: you someone
0: can get through it in a four-hour night. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's not sit down for a half hour and burn through it. No. No.
2: Which is also nice because there is a lot of content.
0: Yeah, and it's good. It's like it's definitely
1: genuinely entertaining. He's been doing it for about three years now. It looks like, yeah. But it's not like so much content. Like I said, you'd have to spend multiple nights to absorb. You can just dedicate a night to it, blaze through it, and really enjoy
0: it. And there's not a lot of swinging and missing. It's, no, for the most part, no. he, the humor hits its mark. Pretty it's really consistently. consistent. Yeah. It's
3: actually nothing mentioned. It's shockingly consistent. Yeah. It's it's I'm unused to that. And <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just that's cool. No,
0: it's
1: great. Or it's, it's not bad
3: thing. for others. It's it's just it's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's a a, a really perfect size for amount of content. It's not overwhelming that it's going to be too much effort to get into it. Right. And it's it's very rewarding once you get going.
2: I'm just kind of curious about the direction that it's going to go on from here. As it's called now, Wesley's Adventures in the archives, it's broken down to various things. Because as we were saying, the early stuff, it's about a group of guys playing Dungeons and Dragons, kind of like one of the comics on our site, Dinner and Dragons, which you can find at dD dotpandamanga no, dot and
0: N, the number the letter N
2: dragons dinner, dinner N dragons and if we had a sound effect the shameless sound effect plug would be right here wah,
0: wah, wah. but here Wesley's
2: Adventures it's definitely more slice of life it's a lot like Six Color Stories or Lunar Baboon which we have spotlighted in previous podcasts we
3: keep talking about it it must be really good you guys should read it
2: yes
0: yes I certainly certainly should. Something I'm beginning to see a big trend in ever since we started doing the indie spotlight is there's a whole lot of slice of life comics out there. A lot, a lot. And I know you get told to write what you know, but at the same time, it's kind of like you can write what you know, but you can spin it in a way that's the packaging is different a little bit. You know, you can make slice of life observations and jokes, but put it in a context that, you know, is its own sort of unique thing instead of yet another webcomic about being a parent or having a job or being an artist, being an art. Oh my god! Right, <laughs> you know, there's just there's so many slice of life sort of things, and it's kind of like you can tell that that is sort of a go to for people. And obviously, you know, yeah, you write what you know, sure. But at the same time, I really feel like you could you could spin it in a way that would be a little bit better. I think that writing a lot of the time gets the back seat with artists. I think so too. You know, because because as, hmm, it's interesting because as much as a writer is a half of a whole. Writers are mostly completely incapable of putting something out in the world by themselves if they really can't draw. If they really can't draw, all you can do is release a script. But artists, they can draw it and they can write a terrible story and they can still put something out. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Well, the, the thing too is um it's sort of, it's, it's still I'm not hard saying that the no, things it's... we're
0: talking about are terrible stories, by no. the way, no, well, no, you no, guys, I love no. you guys, but, and, yeah. but that, but that seems to be something that, but people... the
3: problem is like people, it's been proven that people have an emotional reaction and emotional attachment to things that are pretty. So yeah. you have a beautiful drawn, beautifully drawn comic, you know, people can still not give a crap about the story, but they want to stare at it. And that's just kind of how it is. It's hard for writers, but that is life.
0: The interesting thing is that mm-hmm. arguable comic god Will Eisner, mm-hmm. one of his several really excellent books, he consistently advocates that the most important part of comic making is the story. That, mm-hmm. you know, art is imp- incredibly important, but the art is about communicating the story. It is not the point. And it was sort of a little reality check, swift kick in the, in the rear. Reading that as someone who, myself, I identify myself more as an artist than a writer. Right. And it's kind of like, oh, wow, all right. And it's it spurred me to really dig into learning about writing. Reading books like Invisible Ink by Brian McDonald, by the way, if you haven't read that, mm-hmm. that book is an absolute must-read for anybody who wants to write. It equips you to, it, that's what it feels like. That's the best way to describe mm-hmm. it. You feel equipped to write a story afterwards. It gives you a better understanding of things. It doesn't create a rigid structure within which you have to work, but it, it just, it, you understand how stories work, the mm-hmm. mechanics behind them better. And it's anyway, so it's, it spurred me to dig into all that richness of writing because I want to be a visual storyteller and a successful visual storyteller. And it, the book doesn't stop at just visual. The storyteller part is in many ways the most important part.
3: Yeah. It's definitely why I paired up with somebody who at least has some kind of a editorial feel for, or who knows how, you know, what a bad story is for even like my stupid fan projects because writing is hard and i know this
1: yes and i think that even if you're a writer and don't have any art skills you can still do like a stick figure comics sure xkcd is a great example of someone that's got a brilliant mind and well he's got some pretty good art skills now But originally, yeah i
3: was gonna say that's some pretty uh those are some pretty damn good stick figures i don't know that you know that but
1: but, I mean, you can. it shows you how you could implement a story with something simple. Sprite uh, Comics. Yeah, Sprite Comics, another great example.
0: Yeah. Well, also, I would argue that art isn't something that you magically can do or you can't do. You don't get put in, squarely in one camp or the other. It is a skill, a long-developed skill. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's a skill, something that you can learn. Maybe you're not going to be as good as somebody who's been drawing in their sketchbook every day since they've been eight years old, but yeah. at the same time... You can actually pick up a pen, pencil, whatever, and start drawing, and you can get better. There's, I, I don't like the idea of, well, I'm an artist. Well, I'm a, I'm a writer, and that's all I do. That, that's it. I'm going to segregate myself into one of these two categories. Yeah. You know, And some people are more comfortable with that, and they're not willing to put the time and energy in to explore the other side of things. But yeah. I really feel like anybody who's serious about wanting to get their stories told— you got to understand both sides. There's nothing wrong with trying and failing and trying and failing. And eventually, I guarantee you, you will find some measure of success beyond what you thought was possible.
3: Well, I think you can get good at anything you're willing to put the time into. That's really just the bottom line. People say, oh, I don't have any talent. Well, it's like, well, it's more than just talent. It's your willingness to actually put the work in. Just tell, say that instead.
2: Yeah.
1: Drive, willpower. And I think Scott McCloud points out in one of his comics that creating a comic requires so many disciplines, psychology, anatomy, physics. You have to know a little bit about everything to put it together. Yeah. And it's just one of those disciplines. Like you say, you're continually learning new things. And as long as you have that drive and that willpower to, to push yourself and do things you haven't done before, uh, maybe they make you a little uncomfortable. And in your first time you suck at it, the next time
0: you're going to do it, it's going to be better.
3: Yeah. You get the fail out the more you do it.
0: Well, I may be the biggest lamest geek in the whole room, but I look at it like a video game. I go, okay, (laughs) XP. I don't exactly. I don't okay I don't really I'm not real comfortable with this part of the process or that part of the process and so I go in there and I try and I fail and I try and I fail and I try and I fail and, I and, I fail and eventually I figure it out this is like old school you coin do. operated arcade video games where it's like you go in or and the boss s- goes smash you're dead and, and it's then you go back in s- smash you're dead <laughs> and eventually you find out okay this is what I got to do to win this is the pattern this is the method And it's like it's a skill. Or old-school RPG level
2: grinding. Exactly. It's definitely Mm. Nintendo hard. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Damn right (laughs)
3: it is. Reach on.
2: But yeah, I'm kind of torn because it's such a stark contrast starting this year with the Wesley's adventures. Yeah. When I think about it, I'm intrigued to see where the Wesley's adventures go, but it also, in some ways, it is two different comics.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And- I think the, before it moved to just being Wesley, it was more consistently funny and less, um, yeah, it was more, it was more focused on being consistently funny. Whereas the Wesley stuff moving into a more slice of life sort of thing, yeah, there's plenty of funny to be had. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that there are sometimes what's kind of like, the point is, oh, yeah, I, I know what he's talking about. Oh, I've been there. Instead of, haha, but um, that's funny. You have to like that to be able to really appreciate the comic, which is a stark contrast from, being able to just enjoy the chuckle funny that was available to you
2: before.
1: Well, he's going from Dungeons and Dragons all of a sudden to like Fast and the Furious. There's quite a big
0: jump there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, that also means that you can have two completely different sets of audiences that will like one or the other.
0: Well, and it's it's still the same heart and soul. It's still part of the team, you know what I mean? It's still not it's not both guys that were doing it from the beginning, but at the same time, it still feels like nameless PCs. Yeah, it's not
3: like they sold it off or something. Is right? Yeah, it's
0: not like some completely new person just took the name. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think I think maybe the way we're talking about it might taking away some of the honest feel that it still has. It really does feel feel like the same team is involved. The same you know the same heart is there. It's just (laughs) taken a kind of a divergent direction story wise and theme wise. Yeah. Well, on the whole, I really enjoyed the comic. I
3: mean, That's really fun.
0: You guys definitely want to check it out. Yeah. Any any other thoughts before we wrap up this? Yeah, the, the characterization starts pulling you in a bit more. I mean, it's just you know
1: random characters on a comic, and then all of a sudden they go through adventures, and you get more endeared to them. And it's really, like Brian said, it's got the story arc to it, and definitely feel, feels like it has an ending.
3: Narrative yeah. and a building relationship with characters. The epilogue
0: yeah.
2: does have a nice finish to it. Sure.
0: So you can find Nameless PCs at namelesspcs.com. That's PCs plural, so nameless, spelt as it is normally spelled, and then pcs.com. has nothing to do with computers. Yes. No, nothing Player to do with computers. <laughs> Confused <laughs> me for a minute. I had to wait till John explained it. No, me too, mess sure. with me, right. yeah. <laughs> you can find Nameless PCs on Twitter at NamelessPC, singular, not, Non-plural. not plural. And then you can also find NamelessPC's Facebook page. It's one of those crazy giant names, and so just go to Facebook and search NamelessPCs. And finally, you can follow them on Tumblr at namelesspcsplural.tumblr.com. Well, we really had a good time with this comic. So glad that we took some time to talk about it. Next, we're going to talk about Yuki versus Panda. But first, we're going to take a quick musical break. Listening to Geek Life, stick with us. Yeah.
1: Back to Geek Life. We're now going to review Yuki
0: versus Panda. So Yuki versus Panda
1: is Volume
2: One. Volume One mm-hmm.
0: is written and created by. I'm going to butcher the shit out of your last name, Graham. I'm sorry. Graham this is kind Mis- of what we do. your Mis- Misurak. Misurak. It's spelled M-I-S-I-U-R-A-K. Okay. So anyway, by by Graham and then Nick Dunick. The artwork and titles and editing was A. L. Jones. This comic is so great. <laughs> But before we get into the nitty-gritty, why don't I go ahead and read what they have on the About Us page on Panda.com. That's Yuki panda.com. The tale of Yuki vs. Panda is so epic in scope that mere words cannot do it justice, dot, dot, dot. But we'll give it a shot. Yuki Lee is your average, everyday martial arts prodigy with mystical powers. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> Despite her awesome skills and fantastic strength, all she really wants is to be, well, girly. This is something her grandfather and instructor, Master Lee. <laughs> I love that it's Master Lee. Why not? Anyway, <laughs> we'll get into that later. This is something that her grandfather and instructor, Master Lee, neither understands nor condones. After all, he's trained Yuki to be a fighter all her life, not some perfumed girly girl. But, as teenagers tend to do, Yuki starts a subtle rebellion against her rigid and structured life and begins to dabble into the world of shiny lip gloss and boy bands. All is not as it seems, however, for an evil omen is in the air, and unbeknownst to Yuki, a mysterious figure from her past is about to make his presence known. Like big time. (laughs) This is how it's written on the page. (laughs) If you haven't guessed it by now, it's a giant panda bear named Panda. Appropriate. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has returned to exact sweet, sweet ice-cold revenge on our beloved Yuki. His plan is quite simple. Kill her. Volume one is an eighty-page full-color comic book. Very, very awesome.
3: Wait, that was eighty pages that I read.
2: I know, right? It goes I, by. Are cr- actually, you kidding me? I got seventy-four. Is what I have on this. Well, well there could be so like double-page spreads what,
3: and that kind of thing too. Though. What
2: we got is we got
0: the press ebook from uh. them. very, very generously. So, so how I came across this? Actually, I found them on Twitter, and they sent me a message saying, "Hey, why don't you go check out." check out uh, a little preview of our comic we just we just got it crowdfunded i think it was indiegogo i'm not really sure where it was i can't quite remember but they just got a crowdfunding through to actually make a print of the first edition of the first volume and i read through i think it was maybe 16 pages that they had up there and immediately messaged them back and said we run a podcast can we please get the full thing in ebook form we will read it review it and talk about it because it's awesome and i i wanted to find out what happened next that was the real motivator. As much as I'm excited to talk about it on the podcast, I really wanted to read more really bad right then. <laughs> so I mean that that right there tells you that this is a fun comic. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. And then, honestly, in those first couple, I mean, like the size, maybe even a little smaller—that 16 pages, the size of a single issue of a comic—sucked you in so hard that you wanted to know what is going to happen next.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, like I like we uh, might have hinted at, or maybe not so subtly hinted at, I don't know that I I didn't know that I went through. Seventy-eight pages...
2: Yeah, it just Or whatever it was.
3: I was just kind of like, oh, okay, it's done. Here you go.
1: Yeah, it's got really, really strong art. You can tell the artist knows how to break the rules and when to break the rules, and there's some really strong storytelling in there. I I did feel it could probably use some editorial and some pacing work. I don't know if all these threads were necessary in Volume 1. Some of it probably could move to a later volume. What do you
0: mean by threads? Just, like, storylines starting to happen? They introduced
1: I think too many characters in a certain regard. When I got to the school, I kind of was like, well, what happened to Panda? What's going on with Panda? Why is he still involved so i kind of skimmed forward till we got back to the panda and that really drew me back in and then you know
3: i don't know i thought it was appropriate though because 80 pages you're setting up you know i mean there's only about like five characters i think that's plenty of ample time to you know start a crazy ridiculous epic epic epicness epic epic Story like they mentioned on the description, where yeah. it's only this small handful of characters, and we got to set up the world that they're living in. or you know, like way fight. more than
1: five characters. I have to take it to a test there. There was at least 12 characters,
2: I think. Yeah, but bowl. like yeah, there's they, five they,
3: that are emphasized.
2: Yeah, but you do have quite a few because they do talk about the principal and his assistant and how they're <laughs> afraid of this other person, this gym teacher, or whatever. And you have the teacher, Mr. Mr. Is Baldy? It, no, uh, wait. You know, he's blind. Mr. Principal. Jamal, yeah. Mr. J- uh Bumblesteen and Jamal. Jamal! Jamal's a
0: bad. <laughs> Mr. Bumblestein and Joe Jamal. Assistant. Dude, it was seriously it was like it was like uh, Robin Big. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, like you know what I'm talking about. You know the show Robin Big? No? Oh, okay. Do you know who Rob Deerdick is? No. So he he's a student
3: is oh, sorry. Dude and his bodyguard.
0: Yeah. It's it's basically a wealthy skater and his bodyguard. This big, giant black dude, just like in this. and it's essentially a TV show? Or? Yeah,
1: yeah, it used was to a, be a it was reality
3: a
0: show. was a reality show about uh-huh. Rob Dyrdek and his, and his giant friend. the last 10 years? No, it was in the last it 10 years. Yeah. With it, yeah.
2: Around there, yeah. It was 2007, I think. And it's
0: basically just like crazy, wealthy people mayhem and stuff. But it, by far and away, it was
2: really, really it's entertaining. It's the one reality show that I will unshamelessly recommend to anyone and everyone, regardless of age and taste. <laughs> like, I've known teenagers who have liked it i have known teenagers who have shown this to their parents and they liked robin big as well
0: there was a lot of really cool little easter eggs in this comic i don't know if you guys noticed one of the ones that really stuck out to me i had to zoom in to see it but when yuki gets a call from master lee and oh, it shows the picture yes. on her phone
3: of her grandfather of her
0: grandfather <laughs> and it's him on the pot holding his shirt down like pointing his finger at her angry it's like she yeah, totally he's like trying to block her camera and, photo. A and she's like that's what I'm gonna see every time he oh, calls me oh and it's on the title
3: page too so I was looking for it when I was going through the book going, oh there it is so freaking funny yes so freaking yeah. funny. take that martial arts master
1: one of my favorite shots is, is the panda when he's broken I think it was like a newspaper he's in oh, and yeah. the expression you know you're, you're talking about like a cartoon panda here you don't think there's much to to do with it, but it, he just they, they do such a great job here with with bringing out that evil
0: expression
3: yeah. of him. This he, he is he a looked sinister and
0: convict.
1: It looks like mug a
3: mugshot mug or a passport photo, it's definitely. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. those are basically one of the same... <laughs> So so I'm sure our listeners are curious what the hell the panda has a problem with Yuki for.
3: Well, you know, if you ask me, the panda was kind of a dick in the first place. Well,
0: yeah, so essentially what happened when when Yuki was what I guess 10 years ago was what yeah, they say. Some, so,
3: you know, some block of time when she was a child.
0: Yeah, I think this is a common thread when it has to do with food and girls. You you'll see these, <laughs> these <laughs>
1: things happen.
3: <laughs> oh, Damn so right.
0: Essentially she's got a ice cream cup and they're at the the there at the zoo so yuki and master lee master lee is younger he's got you know color in his hair and he's flirting with girls like me class- how you do it he's so funny <laughs> anyway one. so she she's walking around and she sees the pandas and and of course runs over there and she's got to be like six at this point mm-hmm. and she's like thinking oh the pandas are so cute and they're making i love the noises that they make the pandas make honk 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 <laughs> honk honk, honk. Because I'm thinking, if you've ever heard a panda, they make weird noises, man. Yeah. It's, it'd be hard to, to put down into words. And so I was really curious what they were going to do for panda noises. And honk works pretty well.
2: <laughs> oh, even your farts are cute. Exactly. So she's
0: over there, and he, and the panda is right next to the cage, and he reaches out and takes a swipe at her ice cream and pulls a small piece of the ice cream. And she's like, oh, this is people food. And then she licks it and she's like, mmm, just for me. And then turns her butt around and wags at him and goes, mmm, not for you, just for me. Ha, ha, ha. And then her grandpa calls to her. She she looks away, and the next thing you know, the panda took a big, fat chunk of it. And so she, like, in a moment of just complete rage, reaches into the cage, grabs the panda, pulls his head against the cage, Damn and right, then bites a piece of his ear off.
3: You don't even mess with a lady and her ice cream, I tell you what.
0: <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> And so, of course, they decide. Uh, so, of course, Master Lee is like, whoa, shit, we got to get out of here. And he's been macking on this girl, right? And so he pulls Yuki over into the middle of the square and then throws a smoke bomb down and disappears. And then everybody's like, did they just disappear? And then the, they come back at a ball of smoke. And he's like, by the way, chick, here's my number. Let's call it. And then poof, disappears again. And it's like, yes, yeah, so good. <laughs> I really like that part. That part that had me up. in stitches. <laughs> yeah. so great. Because, you I mean, it's, it's a classic trope. For martial artists to, for some reason, be able to explode into a, a oh yeah a bunch of smoke, but for him to come back—that's right. nev- never I've never seen that. Before. No,
3: okay. Well, here's the here's a thing with this book, right? Like, there's so many parts. Where, there's so many things that you could look at superficially and be like, "What the hell?" Kind of, or um, you know, kind of. Uh, Derivative crap is this because Yuki and Panda. That t- that title alone is just like ah Weebu. Yeah, whole really
0: love letter to everywhere. And
3: then like you know even the drawing style like you know at first glance you're just like oh god it's another fake manga but you know you know all these things that shouldn't be right and that should be really irritating. You just nope nope they're cool never mind shut up.
0: It's so good. It's so well polished. It just it it's like growing up being obsessed with manga and anime. Mm-hmm. I can remember thinking wouldn't it be cool if I did a story like this, this, and this? And it's like, this story is all of those things. All of mm-hmm. the things that I wished I could do, and it's done well.
3: Schoolgirls, There's even a part in the mirror where she's like, Kai! and you're like, you know, any other comic, you'd just be like, no, you die right now in a fire. <laughs> no, it works. It, it's fine here. It's okay. Yeah, it, totally, it totally, totally uh, works. Panda, come on now. You know, I mean, like, in, in, you know, everybody goes, ah, Rana, or, you know.
2: The panda trying to do normal human stuff. Oh my exactly. god, that was so
0: amazing! There, the whole <laughs> the whole scene where the panda is working at the hot dog place.
3: Oh yeah, and he's just like, I didn't wash my hands when he's leaving. Right.
0: So what I want to know is, early on, he's honking at people, and then now he can talk.
3: Yeah, I know. Oh, well, you know what's funny too is is uh, when he's just uh, what is it? When he's avoiding being hit by a car, and they're just like, you're not even a real bear. Huh, yeah. ha, ha. he's Humans just rule. like rule. Who says that to pandas? What kind? That's what's rule. gonna happen next
0: time I drive by and there's some dog in the road and I honk at it and be like, "You stupid dog! Humans <laughs>
3: rule!" <laughs> just drive off. <laughs> what was that movie? O'Doyle Rules. That's what it reminded me of. I think
2: you, no, it's not Happy Gilmore. It's one of those. No, it's Billy Madison. Uh. Billy,
3: yeah, O'Doyle Rules. It was like that moment where you're just like, why would you, what, no?
0: So freaking awesome. Yes, it's great. Okay, speaking of Easter egg, here's another one. On that page where it shows local panda's a cub escapes the zoo and it's got panda with his ear all covered <laughs> up in bandages and he's just pissed looking. Below it, it has this guy with a shit-eating grin and a thumbs up and it says, Psychic predicts the world didn't end yesterday (laughs) (laughs) so good yeah this thing is chock full of humor oh and the scene with the cat and the master that was masterful and i that didn't mean to be a pun i just it was (laughs) masterful the way that they did that because she's off in the background waking up and starting her training for the morning because Mm -hmm. the school olympics is coming up and evidently there's going to be martial arts in the olympics for some reason and so she is in the background stretching and it pans back to the master sitting on the chair, sitting in his easy chair, watching television, and the cat is, like, laying upside down on the coffee table. And the cat starts complaining, meow, meow. And he says, no, we're watching this. And the cat goes, meow. And then he looks over and he says, look, the remote is all the way over there. So if you don't like it, you can get up, change it yourself. And the cat kind of looks over there and... Just does the dot 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 quiet, and he goes. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just there's just so much. It's just it takes
3: some rereads. I think. Say what? You'd have to reread it a couple of times.
0: I really yeah. There's a lot there. I, I high joke density. Very much so. I think that this is an excellent example of pretty much never missing your mark. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about that with nameless PCs that the humor really hits the mark on a pretty regular basis. But this one, it's not just one aspect that hits the mark. It's not just the humor or the art or the it's like it all comes together on such a regular basis. And there's all these kind of fun little liberties that they take and little Easter eggs they throw in and little conversations between characters that that really aren't necessary to move the story forward, but just add richness to it. And it's just funny every step of the way, the banter, all that. They take risks with their gags and they don't
1: go too far. They they know exactly how far to take it. And that's great. It's just like the, the fan service. It's got a fair amount of fan service, but it doesn't go overboard with it. Right, no, it, does, it actually does it yeah, doesn't. It doesn't go one.
3: to a point where I even noticed it. You know, I'm just. Yeah. You're just kind of used to a certain level, and if it, you know.
0: And yeah, there's it. Bernard who wants to make a sex robot. Right. <laughs> it's like, why are we talking about that? But I loved it. I loved every yeah. bit of it. it Seriously. Was
3: funny. Oh my gosh, my favorite character is Jamal. <laughs> He's just Joe <laughs> What did he say? Did hold
2: he on, say? I'll look it up. Hold on. All right, you point, Dexter.
3: Yeah.
0: So they're sitting in class, and Mr. Bumblestein asks, Okay, who can tell me what we were doing last time? And then some kid makes some kind of snarky comment. And then Madison, one of Yuki's friends, raises her hand and says, We were discussing Nazi-occupied Europe and its direct correlation to East Coast recording artists P. Diddy Dog song Shooting Bitches in the Face <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself Oh, she's just being snarky too And the teacher goes You're right, my dear And they continue to talk a little bit And then after a moment The teacher leans over And looks at Jamal And says Alright, let's get back to it Jamal, if you please <laughs> And he steps in and he goes Alright, you porn extras, You heard the man Take out your shit and learn
3: Take out your shit and learn <laughs> Hell yeah I had For to real. say it like and Four times phones, and I read And his phone
0: rings And he goes Excuse me And he just walks off <laughs> So good. She's like, damn. I think that each one of us, I think that there should be a service where you can hire like an imposing large black man to yell at people for you. (laughs) I would pay for
1: that.
3: Asian we mom should, also
1: expects. Yeah, it. we should have like a whole range of like colourful characters and like
2: Yeah, yeah, you've got to have like the five foot tall, skinny Asian mom as well. You have, like the yeah. ridiculous
0: racial stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To be able to like do your bidding.
3: A uh, quiet <laughs> assassin, mildly <laughs> dude who lives in a van down by the river. I mean, you know, you can
0: just <laughs> comic book guy. Yeah, all of
1: them. Oh
3: comic guy wouldn't be scary, you just be like you just start yelling at the back. No, if you want to Okay, like so that. here's
0: the comic book guy scenario. Here's what you do, okay? You're out you're interested in like moving somebody away from something, right? Like, like there's your favorite table at your bar, okay? <laughs> so you get the comic book guy and you pay him twenty bucks to go stand next to them and just be creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's like this Did guy really wanted to know about the Avengers, yes? Exactly. About like a or I don't know, freaking Golden Age Fantastic Four. Yeah, go. No,
0: what? You, yeah, exactly. What, what you do is you just have him go over there and have him start talking about comics and just instruct him to if they don't know what you're talking about to just talk about it more to be like oh you don't know about that well in issue five worst night out ever (laughs) exactly Exactly. did
3: not retain a single thing i said well
0: i think uh all in all this was just a really really good comic i enjoyed the crap out of it technically
3: proficient and uh also viscerally hilarious yeah
0: i wanted to actually say specifically i really enjoyed the motion that they achieved, yeah, very much so.
1: That's what
3: yeah. happens when you got somebody who knows how to put down solid forms on figures and that kind of thing. The action is clear and it carries through.
1: And I know some of the characters deform when it's appropriate, right. which is a nice right. touch. That's so everything so
0: rigid. When she was when she was under that giant pack, her face was all squished and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. that worked really, really well.
3: And, and you know, even like uh, just her bowing under the weight of that backpack. Totally, example. And I,
0: I think that that this is probably one of my most favorite panda designs I've ever seen. I agree. I really liked it quite a bit.
3: Yeah, there Uh, wasn't anything like really jarring about it. You so the
0: only thing that that the only thing that I was really surprised about, style choice wise, with the Mm -hmm. panda was that his eyes were white, one hundred percent. That's it. It wasn't white with a pupil. It was just white. You know, and they they did some like the like the line and the little circle below it to show kind of like sort of energy, right? (laughs) It was just a white line with a little white circle below it. There's no pupil whatsoever in the in the panda face, and that's an interesting
2: choice, but it really works well enough. Yeah, in fact, it's a great way that they can use to show his range of emotions without really changing much on the face. Just kind of changing those pupils. I I think it makes him
3: more menacing, too, actually. When you remove the pupils, you're removing something that would tie you to humanity, so you're kind of like, shit, this dude's serious. But
2: there's also, like... Images like this one in the bottom right corner, where it's like, "Oh, you're just so
3: adorable," you know. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's still reduced to an animal in that situation. Exactly. But yeah. it's 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 fitting because at the same time he's being like a sad puppy panda. Yeah.
0: And I'll tell you what I would say probably the, on the panda, like the panda character design itself, especially some of the scenes where he's doing like sweeping out in the yard mm-hmm. or standing in the alleyway. That is probably some of my favorite painting in the whole thing mm. on the panda and in those scenes because especially like the almost monochromatic color. Mm-hmm. Uh, palette of the
3: oh right I remember the one you're talking about it's now like this, it's this a, like lovely it's really broom, muted violety
0: sort of muted yeah. color and he's in the he's in the alleyway and it's just this neat color it's,
3: it's a really strong really silhouette so you didn't need a whole lot of color but also to me it really reminds me of Rama. Yeah. All the things I loved about Genma, the panda from Ranma. He, he, he would do that. He'd stand outside the dojo and just do little menial tasks like sweep or yep. his random part-time jobs as a panda.
0: So much of this. It's, it's all, it's hard to say these things. It's hard to describe it this way because all of these describing terms sound really negative, but there's so much sort of derivative tropes in this. But at the same time, they work, they work yeah. really yeah. well. It's, and it's, it's almost—it's almost like it brings out that like, oh,
3: that's just like Ron, and that's awesome. Instead paper, of like, that's
0: just like Ron, wah wah. Yeah, it you know, sounds terrible if to- you
3: try to describe it. Exactly. But exactly. But it's just this is this is an example of something where you know the rules and you know how to break them and you know what works and doesn't work. And you know, at the end of the day, what technically you know should or shouldn't work really just depends on what you've done with it. Sure,
1: master of subtlety. Yeah, absolutely. I
3: understanding to have
2: a Wing Chun dummy in this comic. So good. Yes. Which we have in our garage. <laughs> Just FYI. We're not kidding about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I stopped being shown for years. It's a great, great system. So you can find Yuki vs. Panda at yukivspanda.com. You can purchase the comic at duskleaf.com, which is for Duskleaf Media, the distributor and publisher of Yuki vs. Panda.
3: Eighty pages Bro. is meaty, though. Seriously, that's like, very meaty. You know how much yeah, work like, that was.
1: It should probably have been, should have broken into two different oh. pieces or something. Well,
2: this is. Well, I it's 3
3: It's three ninety nine for yeah. that many pages.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> yuki versus Panda is actually available on Amazon. So there is a link on the Yuki versus Panda page, Yuki to both the iTunes bookstore and also the Amazon Kindle store. And at least on Amazon, it's only three ninety nine. Totally worth it. Yeah, Do it's yourself like eighty a pages favor. of awesome. Go get this right now. That's pretty much a steal. Follow right the down. link in the show notes. We will definitely have a link in the show notes at Panamega.com. Yeah, check it out. This book is freaking awesome. Totally I mean, that, value that price, price point. It's like jump on it.
3: You, yeah, you can't even complain about that on this link.
0: This is full, full on major thumbs up from Geek Life. Speaking mm-hmm. of speaking of thumbs up and or down, why don't we go ahead and give our ratings Thank now? Before
2: go. we give our ratings, uh-huh. I just want to say this: JP and I have kind of discussed this back and forth. And originally, with the comic book ratings, it was an idea of when we did the issues, it was both the cost and the quality. We found that to be kind of confusing at times. Some people yeah, were the, using initial, it. the
0: initial mm-hmm. idea was that we were trying to come up with something that specifically spoke to the way we naturally rate comics. The idea of you pick up a comic off of a newsstand or something like that, you look at the cover... You read the first couple pages of it, or even the whole comic, you go through this internal check system of like, well, how many more of these am I willing to purchase based on this one? And so that's where the rating first came from. Because comics typically are ongoing, and there's normally at least five or more issues of something, even of shorts. A lot of the time, there's at least four or five issues of them. And so purchasing the first one for a couple bucks, it's kind of like, oh, sure, whatever. I'll just grab it and see if it's good. I think we've all done that a couple times. But then the question comes after you read it, okay based on this first issue, how many issues would I want to purchase? How many issues would I go in? And if they had a bunch of them, would I go, Oh, I'll get this many more because I liked it. You know, I liked it that much. And so that was kind of our original plan. But then we've realized that it doesn't always work in every different situation. What if it's a one shot, what if we're reviewing something like this, like a graphic novel, it doesn't always work to have the issues mean that. So we've decided for the issues to basically
2: be, you know, replacement for stars. So right here (laughs) at episode Forty-five. Our rating system is kind of changing on the issues from being both a quality versus price to just quality. A star kind of system. Right, exactly.
0: So you know, because we're trying to be cute and cheeky, it's issues instead of stars. But essentially, mm-hmm. think stars. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, at the same time, I feel like uh, all my ratings are still based on the how many issues. I think it's consistent with how many stars I would give. Yeah, and so, yeah. We for me personally.
2: Have kind of Kind I mean, of it, it works
0: really, really well a lot of the things. time, but I think that yeah. there are times where it's a challenge to yeah. make that work.
3: Well, if it's a one-shot, stake for example, I said, okay, based on this, if there were more, you know, right. then, sure, sure, you sure. know, it's it's still, you know, to me, it's the same rating. So no worries. Yeah, I mean, it,
2: honestly, though, it almost feels like we should change it from issues to, like, the Stan Lees because we have our Miyamoto's, we have our Hasselhoff scale, and we're using issues. But we can just still use it's issues fine. to kind of keep it as is. Send
1: your suggestions, too.
3: No, it's yeah. fine. You got a convention going.
1: <laughs>
0: it's okay. I think we'll we'll continue with the issues. <laughs> I made graphics for it and everything. That's true. We
1: have <laughs> graphics for
3: it, so we're done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, Pinku, out of five issues.
3: All right. So, uh, this is going to be the one to match or beat. This is a four for me. Which, um, if you've been listening to the show and that kind of thing. I don't think I've ever really given it. Yeah, I think that's the think highest rating. I probably the first four. Yeah. yeah. Just so you know, like, I rate all comics on sort of the spectrum of every comic I've ever read. So, with that in mind, you know, I'm comparing you against anybody who might have an Eisner and that kind of thing. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so, getting
0: compared against Starman, you're getting compared against Mouse, you're getting compared against Persepolis, Persepolis, stuff like that.
3: Yeah, pretty much, you know, I mean, a comic is a comic to me, so I, I really don't care where it comes from. That's why I rate them all, you know, as if they're the same. So, uh, saying a four means I'm, you know, I'm putting you up against, like, I'm putting up with like x-men which i uh read for many 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 years and heart
0: so very very much
3: yeah yeah exactly well not anymore because i'm met ma- because i got mad but you know eh, <laughs> that kind of thing. you know uh, oh, pretty on. much the
0: all-new x-men run is really really awesome
3: cool maybe my heart will you can be able to them. handle I've got, it i've got like a, okay yeah heart go on I don't know about that. Anyway, so it's really, really,
0: really four pretty darn bitches. Yeah,
3: that's a good one. Uh, or, yeah, it's, it's not just four. It's four bitches. So, like, you made me give a crap, and then you made me want to m- give more of a crap. So, thank you, guys. We're,
0: we're all yearning for more.
1: Thank of this, you for right? yes.
3: making a wonderful comic. So great.
0: Neuro. So,
3: I'll
1: probably give it two and a half issues. I definitely want to read the next one. He's definitely very proficient, or they're very proficient. Kind of curious to see where it goes, but at the same time, my intention span kind of wanes. Like I said, this one, I felt like some things could be changed to pace it a little better, or or maybe move things around. Uh, just some little editorial work. And uh,
2: it'd be interesting to see where it ends up. Well, I'm going to, as Dave Chappelle once said, one, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> yes, I'm giving it five issues out of five.
3: Ooh. Wow.
0: This is the second comic in the history of the Geek Life podcast that has gotten a five. The first one being the first volume of Buffalo Speedway by Yahudi Mercado, which is freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so five. Wow. That's straight up. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I'm going to go with a solid four. I really, really liked it quite a bit. I think that it's super excellent. I, I can't, I want, like, part of me really wants to go higher than four, but I think that, That wouldn't be really a fair rating, because this really speaks directly to me and where I am and my geeky leanings, which is definitely heavily on the manga-anime sort of zone. Yeah, it really hit all my buttons, Yeah, this kind of reaches in my brain and tickles my pleasure center, (laughs) you know? But that doesn't necessarily mean that... You know, on the whole, compared to all different things, you know, all things be equal is really fair for me to bump it up higher. But personally, me, if it was just me just saying, like, how much does John like this comic? Probably more than a four, maybe a 4.5. Mm-hmm. But trying to be a responsible reviewer, four is definitely a very fair yeah.
3: score. Yeah. Like, I would only give a five to something that, I mean, like... Well, you
0: said an example of five that you gave the other day was Mouse. Art
3: Spielman's Mouse, Yeah. That's pretty much in my mind like so that's So it has f- to make you
0: cry. Is well, basically No, well here's cry. the thing,
3: right? I ha- for my ratings I do actually for my music too, like yeah. you know when you rate them in like iTunes or whatever. I like is a 3 usually and then like you know four means like and it's actually technically good it's like you could it's it's not more it's more than me liking it it's i think other people would like it it's and then f- made. yeah and then five would be like this is a perfect thing that was made so
0: this is like re- if you appreciate the medium this is yeah. required reading watching listening whatever
3: exactly it's just like it's not only good not only do i like it not only do i think like it's well made it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. So understandably, like, you know, even in my music collection, there's very few fives. Sure. Well,
2: I'll go ahead and say that this is required reading for comic book fans.
0: I would say this is by far and away definitely required reading for anybody who would identify themselves openly or inside their soul and know that it's true as an otaku or as a weeaboo. This will speak directly to you. This is really, really entertaining. We know when volume two is coming out. You know, as a matter of fact, I don't know when volume two is coming out and I'm not even sure if it's on the website a cursory look over the website doesn't really show anything saying volume two coming in. You know, I think that they just like literally just maybe within a month or so got off of the crowdfunding campaign to get them where they are. Now they're moving into production. I think that they're probably printing a bunch of stuff. They're going to be hitting conventions, kind of starting that whole process. I mean it's something like this working on not just an issue 2 but a volume 2 of this sort of size. I mean they've they've definitely set a precedent that's going to be difficult to keep up with.
3: Plus I can't I can't imagine what kind of prices they gave out too for their crowdfunding site. Oh, so right? they have got oh, to man. fulfill that and then work on the book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's definitely sort of a hidden challenge in the crowdfunding thing is yeah. all the prices and stuff. Anyway, definitely check out yuki vs. panda at yukivspanda.com. You can find them on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Yuki VS Panda and on Twitter at Yuki underscore VS underscore Panda. Thanks for listening to episode 45 of the Geek Life podcast. Woo, getting close to 50. Wow. Yeah, buddy. Just the
3: other day, we're only 21.
0: I know. It's crazy. We're going to turn 50. We're going to be, we're getting closer and closer to the podcast being a senior. Yikes. Some intensity.
2: AARP member. Geek Life.
0: (laughs) We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. You can also email us by going to podcast.pandamanga.com and filling out the form on the right side, which Brian and I just updated with a sweet CAPTCHA because we kept getting crazy bot action.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So now that's not happening. So that's wonderful. Anyone who's interested in becoming a PM contributor, be it a writing, comic, YouTube channel, whatever, contact us at contact.pandamanga.com. Complete the form located there.
1: Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured in this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more
0: information about AirPlus Recordings, visit AirPlusRecordings.com. Be sure to check out the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com for any relevant links to the content covered on this podcast. You can find us on Twitter at IndieComics, the number four, all. On Tumblr at pandamanga.tumblr.com. And on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pandamangacomics.
3: This is Pinku, and we'll see you next time.
1: Come out and play it. (laughs) (laughs)